Welcome to the Hoosier Football Tailgate here on the Believe Network. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. Thanks for joining us here on this Thursday evening, 48 hours prior to the kickoff of the Indiana Hoosiers versus the Akron Zips. A couple quick house cleaning items here. First, number one, if you are watching us on YouTube, if you could hit that subscribe button, hit the little notification bell to get notified when we drop videos here on Hoosier Football Tailgate, greatly appreciate that. If you could also head on over to Apple Podcasts as well, give us a subscribe there. And on Spotify, provide a review and a rating on Apple Podcast. That just helps us get things off the ground in a positive way. And we get more and more listeners to know where we're at so they can get the true source of Indiana football right here on Hoosier Football Tailgate. Other thing is this week, pleased to announce that Bet Online is joining us as a sponsorship here on Hoosier Football Tailgate. They are the number one information source for all things sports wagering, info, up to the minute stats, news, scores, you name it. They've got it uh, on their website. That is Bet Online AG. And here's kind of a little breakdown of their um their website as it pertains on a desktop, but they do have an app, but you can get all that. I think I looked up earlier and um, the Hoosiers were actually a 17 point favorite over the Akron zips. And I think the over under was 46. So the bet online AG is a good for that last Game odds, spreads, totals, and all that good stuff. If you head to their website today, use your mobile device and get into the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, back to the nitty-gritty of this week, uh, uh, Akron Zips. Tonight, we're going to do um, some breakdowns of statistics as usual, talk about some of the things in the video coaches room, as well as Griff's keys to victory. We're also going to have coming on here in just a little bit, Dylan Sin from the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette will join us. We'll talk a little bit about the Louisville game and get a little bit of his insights of that as well as what he thinks is going to take for IU to get a victory this Saturday against the Akram Zip. So stay tuned for that. We'll also talk a little bit uh, at the end as well. We'll talk a little bit uh, about Taven Jackson's performance, uh, what it's going to take Saturday, because when you're playing a team from the Mid-American Conference they are coming in with the chip on their shoulder, uh, having coach in that league. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of good players, and IU will be have to be hit to play a top-notch game because if they give this Akron team any hope 
at all. They're going to be in for a dogfight on Saturday evening. So IU is going to have to play their best game of the year and uh, get themselves in a position because, like I said, after this week, you're right into the conference and you're, you know, it's uh, week in, week out. It's uh, a tough haul uh, the rest of the Big Ten schedule because after this game, they head to Maryland to play the Maryland Terps, who are pretty darn good this year. So, focus right now to get themselves to two and two, get this W against Akron, but more importantly, play a game of 60 minute football on both sides of the ball because that's what they're going to need to get this victory. Well, stay right tuned to us here, right here on the Hoosier Football Network. Uh, on the Believe Network. Coming up, we're going to have Dylan Sin join us from uh, the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette and get all his take on the Hoosiers and the Zips right after this message. On the Believe Network, now joining me from the Journal-Gazette is Mr. Dylan Sin. Dylan, thanks for coming on here tonight and talk a little bit about these Hoosiers. What was your take on the Louisville contest? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was a tale of two halves. Obviously, Tom Allen said that after the game, they have to play a full sixty minutes. And they just they simply didn't do it against Louisville. They came out and they were flat at the start of the game. And Taven Jackson said that it was they were flat. The players played conservatively, uh, to use Jackson's word, um, and he said basically they play in the second half. Like, like they did, they need to play the entire game. Like they did the second half. Um, and the second half was much better. They moved to the football. Uh, they locked down on defense and shut down. What, what is a pretty good offense? It seems like, um, and then obviously the play of the game was that play on fourth down at the goal line where Indiana has a chance to tie the game. They, they run up the middle and they don't get it. So, um, it was, it, it was not the game Indiana wanted, but the second half, you could kind of see the vision of where this team can go. I think. Yeah, I mean, again, it was a tale of two halves, is like you said. And uh, the first half, they were on both sides of the ball, not very good. Uh, offensively, I thought they were conservative at times, and I get that a little bit with the you know the new quarterback in the in, in the in the fray. But I did think the second half they made some uh, great adjustments. Uh, was able to put themselves in a position to move the football. And of course, hindsight being 2020, um, we all would like to have taken that play back and done something else on that fourth down call. But I was saying on Monday when I kind of did the recap of that, you know, when you're uh, on the one yard line or half yard line or wherever that ball placement was, if you can't line up, you know, two tight ends and eye, eye back football and run power like they did, um, then you're going to have a hard time anywhere on the field in short yardage because that was a matter of Louisville just blew him off the ball and Henderson just never had a shot to really do anything. Yeah, and I, I think that there's – I think you're right about that. And the problem for IU is that their offensive line is improved this year. It's, it's much better than it was last year. They didn't give up a sack against Louisville. They were the only Big Ten team not to give up a sack last week. But they're not where they want to be yet, right? I think that's fair to say. They, they, they're much better. They're not a great line yet. And so I think um, I, I think it's fair that some people wanted to see a, at least a little bit of misdirection, maybe even a two-back set just to kind of give Louisville a little bit of a different look 
rather than running something that was so slow developing, um, especially because they'd been struggling in short yardage situations a lot of the day. So, and they have all of these weapons. I think that that is Indiana's strongest kind of part part of their team right now is the skill positions. They have a lot of weapons at those positions, some things you can do something with. Um, And Taven Jackson has some athleticism himself. So maybe you run some kind of quarterback option play or even just a straight sneak. He's a a pretty good athlete himself. So I I can see where fans are coming from, but I think Tom Allen also said exactly what you said, which is, Hey, we got to get that. It's, Six inches. Go go get the ball across the line. It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, when I was coaching, I always had a play that I felt, and our my kids always knew what it was going to be because it was established well back in um, camp that this is a play when it's third and when it's third and three, four, five or less. Um, and we're going to run the football. This is the play that we're going to run, and there's no excuses for it if we don't get it because that was kind of the mentality that you have to get now for Indiana, when you think about it, not just this year, but they haven't been in those situations as an offense very much over the last few years, you know, um, there have been times, but again, it's water under the bridge. You know, they didn't get it. So therefore you're moving on. What did you think of Taven's uh, play on Saturday against Louisville? I, I thought it was pretty good, uh, especially considering his first start as kind of the, the full-time anointed starter. Uh, he made plays down the field. He made throws. I thought his pocket presence was really, really good. Um, guy, Louisville was able to get a fair amount of pressure on him, but we heard he didn't give it, they didn't have any sacks. And part of that is Taven. There were a couple of times where there was a free rusher at him and he was just able to sidestep, keep his eyes down the field and make a throw, which is what you want to see from your quarterback at that level. Um, I did think that I do think that he has an issue where he, uh, lets the ball sail on him a little mm-hmm. bit at times. If he's going to miss, he's going to miss high. And we've seen that in two straight games. Now we saw it against Louisville where he threw an interception because he hit the receiver in the hands, but the pass was over the receiver's head and he had to go jump for it and it hit his hands. And then if it, the pass is high, it hits your hands. It's going to bounce to a defender probably. And that's what happened. So that's something, and it's almost encouraging that all of his misses are in one direction because that means it's mechanical and you can fix it, right? Whereas if you're missing all over the place, that speaks to a bigger problem of accuracy. But I, I liked what I saw from him. I think he led the team well. I think he helped lead the response after that difficult first half. And I want to see more. I, I want to see them open the playbook for him and give him a chance to go make some plays. Yeah, there's no question he's a playmaker. And um I think the sailing part, like you were referencing there, a lot of that was, I thought, nerves, especially in that first half of of football where he was having that uh, issue where he wasn't really following through or stepping into his throws. It was kind of, in some cases, wishing and hoping it went the right way rather than his confidence of uh, just stepping up there and let her rip. But you know, this will be a you know another start for him, another growth game for him. You know, after this, uh, we're pretty much going to have a pretty good picture of what Indiana is heading into the Big Ten play. You got Akron coming in here on um, Saturday night, seven thirty kickoff, and on, you know on the B- BTN network. Um, Hoosiers are 17 point favorites. So people in Vegas think they've got a pretty good chance of winning this one. What's your kind of assessment of the Akron zips? 
Yeah, I mean, they're they are a program that has even for a MAC team struggled. Uh, I think it's fair to say they've had a, they've had a couple two and ten seasons over the last few years. But they have a new coach in there now. I think Joe Moorhead uh, is in his second year. Former Mississippi State head coach, um, really well respected offensive coordinator for a lot of years at Penn State, um, and so I, I think that he is going to scheme some stuff up for this Indiana defense. I don't think they're going to try to go strength on strength against Indiana. They're going to try to scheme some things up and see if they can make some plays They're They're not a bad team. They're not, a, not at least in terms of the Mac and, and its level of play. I don't think they're a bad team. I think they can play with Indiana a little bit. I, I think if I think Indiana should win the game, let's put it that way. I think Indiana should win the game. If you go out there flat, though, like you did against Louisville, this team will beat you. It is, it is not one of those things like against Indiana State where you can pretty much assume you're going to walk over these guys. It, you better go out there and be ready because if you don't, you're going to be one in three faster than you thought. Yeah, no question. Their defense is very, uh, very stout. I mean, they're kind of like Indiana in that way. Their defense is probably ahead of their offensive output at this point um i believe it was 14 to 3 against kentucky this past weekend now kentucky pulled away in the second half and beat them handedly but it was a first half you know struggle for kentucky because akron's defense again was playing at that top level looking at it from this perspective indiana wins saturday against akron if uh, I think if they if they can continue to grow on offense, I think they go out there and win the game. I, I think that if you continue to give Taven more pieces of the playbook that he can execute, um, and then if he goes out there and makes plays, I think you're going to be okay. I, I like Akron's defense. I think the only way they win this game uh, is if they go out there and probably turn Indiana over three or four times, which they could do right. Um, and so if you see more growth in this Indiana team, if you see Tatum protecting the ball, making his, making the right reads, making good throws, I think Indiana will win this game as long as they don't put the ball in harm's way. Cause the problem for Akron is that they struggle on offense fairly significantly. I know Joe Moorhead is a good offensive mind and we just talked about that, but they're averaging 1.6 yards per carry. It's uh, it's not been good on offense for them so far this year. So if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because they get some defensive uh, big, big plays on defense. And so if Indiana can avoid those, keep growing on offense, take another step forward, they get to feel pretty good. Yeah. And the flip side would be if, you know, if uh, Indiana will lose this game and, and what's your thoughts there, you know, what would lead to an IU loss against a team like Akron? Yeah, I, I think it's the same kind of thing where if IU is erratic on offense, if they come out like they did against Louisville and just seem like they're not, they're they're not being aggressive on offense, because because there, there would be a tendency in this game to kind of sit back and say, hey, let's just not make any mistakes. Let's let our let's let our defense win this one, and that would be okay, I guess. But I want to see them take some steps forward, right? I I, I want to see. I don't want to see them playing not to lose against a Mac team. I want to see them go out and let Taven Jackson make some plays. And so the problem with that is that if they let him do that, which I think they should for his growth, if he's erratic, if he sails the ball because of nerves, again, if he throws a few interceptions, if IU puts the ball on the ground, then you're talking about what could turn into a kind of a field position game. And Akron keeps it close and one score game in the fourth quarter. And they feel like they have a chance at the end. So that's the path for the Zips in this one. 
Well, that's Dylan Sin from the Journal Gazette. He just broke it down there. He told you how they're going to win, and if they don't watch it, they'll, they'll, how they'll lose it on Saturday evening down in Bloomington on the BTN Network. 7.30 kickoff for the Hoosiers and the Akron Zips. Dylan, appreciate you joining me here this evening and uh, get you back on at another time. Absolutely, Shannon. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. Welcome back to the Hoosier football tailgate here on the Believe Network. I am the coach Shannon Griffith and found to thank again Dylan Sin for giving his insights into this game coming Saturday. Um, I think he's well uh, versed in all things IU football and has a firm grasp of the Big Ten. I really appreciate his work that he does for the Journal Gazette. But uh, let's take a little look here now. Let's step over into the statistical things that we're going to see uh from this uh Akron uh football team and kind of what I did this week we're going to look at offense and offense together in the stat black breakdown as you can see first here Indiana and Akron Boy, I tell you, pretty similar in the scoring offense, 19.3 and 16 points. As you look at the offense there, not too many yards separate their per yards per game. One interception on the year for uh, Indiana and uh, two for uh, Akron Zips offense. Like I said, a little bit later, I'm going to show you some of their Kentucky game, a game that they played pretty hard in. Uh, we're down, I think, at halftime, only 14 to th uh, three, and Kentucky kind of blew it open in the second half. But looking at these offense right now, third down conversions, Indiana's done quite well with that 50%. And it's kind of a head, uh, head scratcher for me because um, with their lack of rushing, uh, the football, I think they find themselves in some more third and longs than they do third and mediums. I haven't really gotten into depth on how many of those are. I'm going to have to check that out, but 50% there, uh, Akron's at a low 34%. As you can tell, that's where I think their efficiency on first and second down has not been up to puff, uh, to snuff for, uh, Coach uh, Moorhead, who is the Akron Zips head coach, former Penn State offensive coordinator and the head coach at Mississippi State. So he knows a lot of football. He is their offensive coordinator for them as well. Uh, looking at the, the some of their top players, we'll come back to that in a second here because I really want to go to the defensive things here first. Um, Akron's defense and Indiana's defense, and you're going to see a lot of similarities here. Um, Akron's going about 27 points a game, but you can see rushing. They've done pretty well in the rush defense compartment. Now they've given up some passing yards at 253 yards a game and over 344, five, five yards really in total offense, Indiana at 298 third down efficiency. Both are coming in in the low thirties. That's pretty good. And then on fourth down, there's really not a lot there to say one way or the other in terms of opportunities, but uh, teams have been 50% against them on fourth down when they have chosen to go for it. Um, but as you can see, Akron has a, uh, a formidable defense that the Hoosiers are going to take on on Saturday, and um, they're going to have their hands full with the zips defensively on Saturday. Now we want to take a little bit uh, a look here between um, who uh, 
Indiana's going to be facing here on um, Saturday. The quarterback uh, is DJ Irons. He's 6'4", 220. He's completing about 64, 65% of his passes. Big, strong kid, can run the football, so the Indiana will have to make an account for him in their offense because he will throw it and design or run it and design runs as well on dropbacks, pull it down and run it because he's a gifted, pretty good, gifted athlete in that way. Um, the, the running back, Lorenzo Lingard, uh, Lingard I'm sorry, but uh, he's also their top receiver, so this kid does a little bit of both when it comes to uh, their offense uh, th- way of doing things. He'll line up in the backfield. He'll line up in the, in the slot. Um, he's kind of a little bit about like Jalen uh, in that regard. So they utilize his uh, abilities. I wouldn't say he's a burner, but he's somebody that I use going to have to take account of as is Drake Anderson, the running back. He's a little bit more of their true, true running back. Doesn't have breakaway speed, but he does have a good job of pounding it up in there and getting some of the tough yards. So those two kids are somebody that I use going to have to be on point with, as was the two wide receivers, Daniel George and Josiah Gaithings. These two young men are their primary receiving targets. Not that they've had a ton of explosive plays or kind of like IU in that category. Offensively, they've just not had those explosive plays. But when they do get those opportunities, these two cats can get it and they can do it well. So you got to be aware of them on the field. So offensively speaking, pretty good overall. Their offensive line, okay, not great. A little bit like IU in the sense that they've got some new faces up front there. But uh, again, uh, a good enough uh, offense and what they do and their spread attack will keep IU honest uh, on Saturday. Reading leading tackler Brian McCoy, linebacker number forty, their middle linebacker. He is their leading tackler on the season. He is a uh, very good football player. Uh, right now, he has twenty five total tackles. Nine of those are solos. Two th- uh, tackle for losses, and uh, he has one actual fumble recovery on the year. He is a good football player. Plays with a high motor, downhill type of linebacker. Really good football player. Gets after it. The other one is their D lineman, Terry Jones. 6'3", 300-pounder. Pretty decent player. Ten tackles on the year. Three tackles for loss. One sack on the year. And a quarterback, Curry. He does pretty good against the run game as he's a pretty good occupier of space, as you would say. Then not only their outside linebacker walk up in 6'3", 230. Comes off that in uh he is their leading sack leader on the year with three of those he also has four tackle for losses eight total tackles and uh he's one of their more superb um athletes out there that uh uh he comes off that edge pretty good and 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 gets after it and uh he can cause some indiana some fits there so they're gonna have to be aware of him in the sense that 
they cannot lose sight of him on the field because he's one of those guys that that can make uh, a big play coming off that edge. So Indiana's going to have to be aware of him and where he's at at all times. Uh, but their defense, again, like I said, good defense, sound. Uh, they got some really good players and uh, some players that are probably capable of playing the Big Ten, but something just didn't jive and they weren't taken at the Big Ten level. So they're playing in the MAC and doing good things there for them as it pertains to Akron and their overall uh, ability. We're going to switch over to some video here and we're going to take first, we're going to take a look at their offense. Um, but they're going to, let's see if we can get this all set up. Okay, good. Again, like I said, Coach Moorhead is their play caller, offensive coordinator, tons of uh, experience, a really good offensive mind, and uh, his success at Penn State is is uh, pretty darn good. And then here we go against Kentucky, Kentucky, kind of a similar defense to IU that three down. And then the four linebackers, here's a situation where their quarterback irons is looking to make a quick step throw three step drop type of passing route and uh, gets outside. And, but uh, their linebacker here stays home makes the right read, comes up, forces the ball to be thrown away, and you get a second and 10 setup for them uh, here in this ball game. Now, third down uh, for them has, like I said, has been a struggle. They're about 30-some-odd percent uh, there. Here's a, Kentucky putting some pressure on them, bringing five, uh, going to play some zone. This is their running a kind of like a, a a little bit of a what we call a sneak screen, and um, as long as he's in this vicinity uh, of the line of scrimmage, the wideouts out here can can uh, make the block. But what they're trying to do here get him as a lead blocker and uh, get this cat to catch the ball here and then of course circle the defense but uh kentucky plays this well their corner does it comes from behind makes the play and actual for a loss there uh so a really good play there for them this is kind of the end zone look from it nothing nothing